Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. I am not Rudo because Rudo is slacking. He's blowing it here on this Friday afternoon. DNVR Avalanche podcast. Jesse Montano, Megan Angley. Uh, and there's a big empty spot on this couch right now where we think Rudo will be busting in through the door at any moment. Um, but for right now, it's an impromptu Jesse and Megan Friday. Megan, how's it going? Good, how are you? All the way over there. Megan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. We got Yah here on the board today. It's, uh, oh my gosh. It is just amateur hour all over the place this, this afternoon. We got Rudo. We got Yah here. Can't even work the mics anymore, I guess. Ah, I thought he was going to hit me. Um, <clears throat> I thought he was going to hit me. Do you feel safe at work? Well, it's, it's, it's uh, I, Hannah always gets mad at me because every now and then I'll be like joking around or whatever. And she'll, like, innocently get up to, like, go walk past me. I'll go, ah! She's like, people think I'm abusive when you do stuff like that's that. that's your instinct. I, right. It's looking a little suspicious. Let's move on. Let's move on before she watches this. And No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Megan, it's Friday. I, I, all jokes said, how are you doing today? Really great. Breaking news. Utah Grizzlies just signed CC's captain from <laughs> last year. Attended Avs Dev Camp. It's one of the defensemen that was out there with actually another Colorado College just player. just it. Oh, that works. We're too. gonna get it. Megan's just, she's just like, no, nah, I don't need to, I don't need to tilt. I'll just hold it. I'll just, I'll just move the entire thing. Uh, <clears throat> That's good for it. him. Good for him. I, I need to make it known. Megan searched her email for about four minutes, confirming the details of all of this, and I just have to roast her a little bit for that. I was locked out of my email. I don't <laughs> okay, know. Right, that made, I don't know right. why my password wasn't working. Danton Hayden, twenty twenty four. Stop. Stop. <laughs> D at sign N it's, right yeah, yeah there was like a missing exclamation point <laughs> yeah that's so good uh well good no I mean that's you know pro contracts for those kids it's always good to see him especially you know you were saying he didn't necessarily pop off the ice at dead dev camp so nice to see him be able to continue it's that. cool to get a pro contract mm -hmm. and have attended an avs dev camp yeah. right it's like all kind of happening colorado hockey well, right you... it's happening within the state they're <laughs> watching him down the road likely because they're watching sean barons quite a bit yeah. and from this even though it's just through the grizzlies they need a an e-team here they need an what an e-team i think it would be a lot easier for the grizzlies presently like right now utah's not bad but it's like just distance wise. A, a complicated situation with the ice they play in. I, I think, I don't know if it's the, like the best favorite place to live specifically. Mm 
and then a little bit of travel. I think it yeah. just overall makes it a little tough of a sell. Uh, I saw a bunch of the uh, the Nall guys uh, working out at the the drill house, all the Lacroix hockey stuff. Oh, um, that's awesome. What is it, the Wranglers? Yeah. Is that the one that's up north? And then they are putting one down south, right? In the Springs? I don't know about that. I, I, I thought I had heard that they were announcing... Two NAHL teams, one up north in Greeley, the Greeley Wranglers. Yeah. And then I thought they said for a year, like delay, one year later, there would be a Springs team. That actually makes sense because they were teasing an American League team in the Springs for a while. And I was so excited for that. That would be but sick. It, well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't make It feels like an now. easy pivot, though, to do another Nall team in mm. the Springs. I would love that for them. I, I would love for them to do either another Nall team we're probably too far for a WHL team. Could they uh, do USHL? They could do a USHL. Or I would just like for them to move the Grizzlies to Closer. the Springs. I agree. I think that would be simpler. Because then you could go from the Springs, Denver, up to Loveland, and it's I-25 is all three of your teams. That would be such an ideal situation. Now, Megan, let me ask you this. Which classic Disney movie song is the best, do you think? <laughs> I don't give me a second I feel like do you have yours at the ready well I I was thinking about it the whole way down here honestly and I've got my top three do you have one Tiff oh I love this well so let me give you my what I think are the top three and I actually don't know what specific order these are in uh I've got I'll make a man out of you from Mulan You've got a friend in me from Toy Story, obviously. And then I think it's like pretty universally agreed that Let It Go is probably number one. Like that's got to be like the most popular Disney song of sure. all time. It's, it's popular. It's popular. Right? It's, no, you know what? Um, I won't say that, I'm in love from Hercules. When I asked this, you had a pretty disgusted look on your face when I said that. I feel like you have an opinion on this. Uh, well, I just don't. That's not my favorite okay, is, yeah, yeah. is the reaction to it. It's I, I think I like a few songs from Hercules, but I won't say Same. I'm in love. Good is one. the one I, I love. There's like three from Hercules. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then obviously Phil Collins just destroyed the Tarzan oh soundtrack. Yeah. An unbelievable discography yeah. there. Um, yeah. You know, Rascal Flats and Cars. I will cars, say I always love the Aristocats. Like the yeah, music the, and the Aristocats. That's one that gets forgotten one. about Perfect. a lot. Yeah. yeah. See. I have an on this. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, Cut his mic. Boo. Someone's hey, last week it was Taylor Swift. Now it's Disney songs. I know he's just being problematic. Yeah, y'all he's just, just got... being problematic. <laughs> I am honest. I do not like musicals, and I don't like my movies to be. Uh, That's fine. I, I I don't I don't like I don't like uh, like proper Viking musicals, Fury, but like Disney. Musical. Have you seen but like, Score, a hockey musical? <laughs> I haven't, no. <laughs> I own it if you guys have. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should definitely we, we, do off-season I was going to say, we should do a watch-along. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Colors in the Wind. Yeah, it's, That's it's just... so good. Um, I love most see, of yeah, Moana I agree. as well. I actually am also not a musical guy, but I, I think Disney movie cartoons, that, that's a different musical totally. category. I agree. No, like, well, then, like, High School Musical, absolutely. <laughs> You're right, yeah, that's, that's different. Those are way different. It's very different. Those are way different. You can't, you can't say that... That, uh, I don't know, Little Mermaid is the same as, like, Mamma Mia. Those are not in the same category. It's amazing. That's fine. Uh, again, no like, one's arguing that Disney movies aren't musicals, but they're Lilo very, Stitch they're very has different. Some good music. I just wanted to say oh, that. Yes, you wait, what? Lilo and Stitch has some good music. They all do. I mean, all of those, 
and and I'm only putting these time parameters on it because I stopped watching them at a certain point. But like the early 2000s, oh, the Moana. 90s, the 80s, like all of those are just outstanding soundtracks. It's the same thing. Even though thing. they're owned by the no, same company. Yeah, but they don't use music. Oh my it's God. just... <laughs> Y'all hear it. It's different. Actually, it's not. Actually, yeah. Toy Story has one of like the most famous... I was, was going to say, I just, like, I just said that... one song, not multiple songs. He, he, okay. Yahir has now gotten up and he's like walking towards us. <laughs> he's going to fight us. <laughs> he's gonna, he started snapping. <laughs> Yahir breaks out of the musical song and dance to number. Do, like, freaking... Oh my I watched, gosh. I uh, watched Grease for another time because I refused to watch Grease. <laughs> and I'm like, this would be a great movie if there was no singing involved. I will yeah. say, like, I didn't watch uh, Moulin Rouge or um, what's it, Todd's, uh, Sweeney Todd until like 2020. Yeah. I'd never seen them until that. So, and they're both good. I like them, but yeah, I'm sure they are. But I'm with I'm with you out here. Standard yeah. musicals. Standard musicals. Aren't sometimes for me. I'm a little off, but all right. Well, I thought you, Rudo would be here by now, so I guess we can move on. Um, <laughs> I, I thought for sure that would be enough nonsense to uh, to kill the time. But uh, Megan, we, we <laughs> fine, Alan. We'll talk hockey. In all seriousness, we are we are going to talk about some stuff today. We we are we made the joke on Wednesday, Megan. We're starting to reach into that off season grab bag a bit here. Uh, but I do think there is. Oh, Tiff's leaving us. I guess I thought Tiff. I thought maybe Tiff would have some thoughts on JT Comfer and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, sure, sure. The Avs lost some key guys this year. I think we've documented pretty well on this show who they brought in, kind of what our expectations are of those guys. We think there's still probably one last, uh, uh, you know, spot to be filled. We'll see if they do that before camp or not. Um, I guess let me just ask you guys. I, I, I think I have my answer. Eric Johnson, Evan Rodriguez, JT Comfer, uh, Alex Newhook. Who do you guys each think that they missed the most this year? Fan-wise or like actual player the, 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 the Well, I'll say the team slash organization. Okay. I would say they're going to miss like the productivity and like the, I guess the potential. I think of Alex Newhook still. Interesting. Um, that was one I like, like, obviously I'm behind the scenes, so I don't really talk about it much, but I was very surprised about that one because I did think that, yes, while they gave him some fair shots, mm -hmm. I guess, if you want to like, side with like the organization, I, I thought he had a higher ceiling in Colorado. I really did. Um, but I think as far as like fan favorite, like everyone's going to miss EJ like yeah. the most. And I think the locker room will miss EJ a lot too. I think, I think that too. Yeah. Megan. I think depending on the health of Josh Manson, Eric Johnson could be someone that the Avs miss the most. And mm -hmm. I know that's controversial because he's obviously at a stage in his career where his play was a little bit on the decline. But I think he brought a stability to their decor, especially at the bottom of it, that they relied upon pretty heavily, especially on the penalty kill, where I think they have some big shoes to fill there, just generally speaking. But... Other than that, JT Comfort is such an obvious answer, but it's so much of what he was able to do in this last year with a career year, stepping up in the regular season the way that he did. They are going. To, they were making a lot of demands of Miles Wood and Ross Colton, mm -hmm. and I don't think they immediately fill the shoes of JT Comfort, but the hope is that some combination of the two yeah. can help to satisfy some of what JT brought to the lineup, which was versatility. And they're going to need it because of losing two players who brought that in Rodriguez and Comfort. Yeah. They're definitely going to want guys who can be moved throughout the lineup. And that's a hope right now with Colton and Wood. 
<clears throat> See, JT Conver is my answer, but I think what you guys both mentioned about Eric Johnson is is totally legit. That I, I think maybe you get, and this is going to sound silly given that this is the point of the game, but you get caught up a little bit with what he's doing on the ice, mental errors, like you said, Megan. He just can't, couldn't quite get there anymore in some of the areas he has needed him to. But I think it was very underrated the presence he had in that locker room and the impact on the organization. Then Tiff, I think you're spot on too that. He had a connection with the fan base, longest tenured pro athlete in Denver. He's still, you know, he's still here right now, working out at family sports, things like that. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a tougher thing to replace because it's not purely just production and you know penalty killing and things like that. There's an, an you know, the, the an intangible yeah. that's going to be hard for them well, to find. There's a hole in the heart, kind of. Yeah. yeah. No, for real. I mean, it's. EJ hole, right, right EJ, here. A large EJ-sized hole. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's cute to see he's still pursuing business opportunities with Landeskog. It's like he's yeah, never yeah. really going to be removed from the organization in my eyes. I think there's just too many ties to Colorado. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that comes back and works. In the alumni association. With, with, as part of the organization, yeah. part of the alumni, whatever. Um, I, I mean, really, this is not... It's not meant to be, like, too much of a slight on the city of Buffalo, but, like... I, I don't think he would have signed that deal if not for the price tag on it. And like, you're going to give me how much I can do that for a year. I'm with you guys. I, I, I think he ends up. And he's back got a couple direction. of friends there. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No Tyson Joe's. I think it made sense. Um, all right. Now let's kind of take this a step further of those players. We just listed. So Eric Johnson, with the Buffalo Sabres, JT Confer with the Red Wings, new hook with the uh, Canadians. And then Evan Rodriguez with the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Who has the biggest impact with their new team? We'll get into this a little bit more, but just kind of do you guys do you guys have a pick for maybe? Actually, I want you guys to think about that for a minute. Okay. I liked what you said a minute ago, Tiff, about Newhook. Like, I feel like you have the potential to really miss Alex Newhook. Yeah. And before we get into who has, do you guys think he, Megan, do you think he has a breakout in him still? Oh, absolutely. I think we were due for it in the timeline for when it would come. Might have been just like one year a little too late for what the Avs needed it. Mm -hmm. it it's... Where do you see Alex Newhook's ceiling? Do you guys have a 60-point guy, a 50-point guy? I had him as a 60-point guy last year before the season began, just mm -hmm. based on what his rookie season had been like. So I still am going to pin that as what as I like have. A, that's where you think he could have... You're not predicting he's gonna have 60 points this year but like right that's where you think he could get to absolutely because it was conceivable before this last year just based on his rookie season and what he was projected to be i'm still going to count on that and i think that too the talent around him in montreal is such that i think he's going to be very productive it's the other sides of his game that he's going to need to be consistent in but mm -hmm. i think the production is going to spike in montreal kind of inevitably yeah yeah i agree i definitely think uh I, I, I see him maybe hitting his ceiling at like 60 for mm -hmm. sure, but maybe being consistently like 40, 50. Like. And, and I think to Megan's point, had the Avs gotten that out of him this year and said, okay, can you just do that again? I, I don't know if they would have moved on from him. So I, I, I think you guys are both right that I think that's maybe where he settles. 
And had he been able to get there quicker, we maybe wouldn't yeah. have, have seen the Avs move on from. Uh, so, again, I, I want to talk about who's going to have the biggest impact where they're going. But first, we are brought to you guys by the Breckenridge Distillery, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. Uh, they are the world's highest distillery founded in 2008. Uh, and they're most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, high rye mash American style whiskey. Uh, Breckenridge bourbon is one of the most highly awarded craft bourbons in the U.S. We've had their bottles around all stuff. I'm not a big, I'm kind of a weenie when it comes to alcohol. I'm not mm -hmm. a big like dark liquor guy. We've had the Breckenridge uh, whiskey around. I can smooth. I can take shots of that. It's smooth. It tastes great. Um, Megan's laughing because of all the winter shots that I passed on this year. If we were had if we had Breckenridge uh, Distillery whiskey, I maybe wouldn't have passed on so many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Breckenridge Distillery products are available in all 50 states. Shop at your local retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery uh, of award-winning Breckenridge spirits. We're also brought to you guys by our good friends over at Shady Rays. Uh, these really are, they're, they're one of my, our, our favorite part partners here. They have a brick and mortar in Lone Tree, Colorado. If you're local or you can head to ShadyRays.com. Uh, Use the code DNVR. You're going to get 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. If you have 30 days, if they break, you lose them. You just want to replace them because you don't like them as much. Shady Rays will do that for you. No questions asked. They'll get them swapped out. Like I said, head into their brick and mortar here at the Park Meadows Mall in Lone Tree to try them on before you buy them. Uh, I've talked about it a billion times on this show. I used to work in the eyewear industry. And even working in that industry, I was always so frustrated to get anything that looked nice and functioned you had to pay an arm and a leg. Not the case with Shady Rays. Then once you stack that code DNVR on top of it on the website, it doesn't get any better. Great looking styles. Great fit. Uh, like I said, they got polarized. They got not. They got iridium lenses. They got stuff for being active. They got stuff for more kind of casual wear. Uh, it's all good stuff over at Shady Rays. DNVR Avalanche Podcast. Jesse, Megan, Tiff. Uh, all right. Those four guys moving on from Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in Eric Johnson's case, we were kind of waiting to see how the market shook out. He got a nice deal. JT Confer, we probably knew was going to be a hot commodity. For me, Alex Newhook was the big surprise of the summer seeing him leave. Do you guys have a thought on which guy goes to his new destination and has the biggest impact? So before I pick between the two, I just kind of mm -hmm. wanted to talk about why both present some uncertainty Love it. and how they're going to be utilized in each place. Yeah. Like in the case of Comfer in Detroit, they've made some intriguing additions to their forward group. And because of the presence of Andrew Kopp, I'm just not really sure what their plan is for JT Comfer. Is he a third line guy in Detroit? Right. That seems like an expensive 5.1 <laughs> third line centerman option, in my opinion. And then there's some other intriguing players, though, to, to put around him. But... I then wonder, is he, you know, are they going to target him then for the second line? And is Andrew Kopp going to be sort of demoted? Because they, they bring about uh, Daniel Sprong and Clem Costin. And these are depth players, like from where they're coming, that played important depth roles. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, this could be to bolster a JT Comfort in like a depth role capacity. Like I still kind of peg Costin as a fourth line guy. So me too. perhaps not alongside Comfort specifically, but let me, let me just ask you. bring cat. Sorry. Like, hello. Right. That's well, a huge yeah. addition. Well now, but that was like the last one. Rudo and I were talking when we talked about Detroit, we, I, in my opinion, I honestly think that the deal saved Detroit from what I would consider to be a not 
great summer. I know people may disagree with that because they went out and threw a bunch of money around. But Megan, I, I just wanted to pause for a second. I was pulling this up to, to double check to make sure my, my memory is serving me correctly. But you just mentioned, gosh, is JT Confer going to be a 2C or a 3C? That, that seems maybe a little rich uh, for a guy making that kind of money. Andrew Cott makes 500K more than him. Uh, what, I, what I don't get, what you're saying, I think you're spot on. I think they brought in a bunch of guys who played important depth roles, and they're saying, oh, perfect, you can play up a line from that. And, and I think Detroit has thrown around a bunch of weird money for, with all due respect to JT Confer, guys like JT Confer and Andrew Kopp, you only have so many center spots. You're paying $5 million plus for one of those guys to play in your bottom six. And you're right. It, and then you look by comparison at the Johansson and Colton money, and you're like, wow, that actually feels a lot more comfortable because mm -hmm. I think it's pretty clear that Johansson will be the 2C, but there's still this possibility, like, maybe they will try someone else there. Right. Maybe it's Ross Colton at points. I'm not going to get carried away and suggest that's the plan. But no, I know. you look at the money in totality, and it's an easier pill to then swallow by comparison with whatever Detroit's doing. Like you said, it's weird money. I don't necessarily hate like on an individual basis, some of the forwards that make up this forward group, it just, the so cohesion of it doesn't quite make a lot of sense. And there's a similar, but kind of different question for Rodriguez in Florida. And it's more so if Rodriguez is going to play wing in Florida, I can actually reconcile it a lot quicker than I can with Comfort in Detroit. But did they bring him in to play a similar middle six kind of role do they want him as a centerman because their top six is pretty locked up florida you're saying yeah mm -hmm. and so that's where i have similar questions but could maybe be more easily answered in florida because i think there's more certainty and how they at least plan to construct their top six and their space if especially on the wing they're planning to utilize rodriguez i can see it making some sense and in his case the money makes a lot more sense for mm -hmm. more of a middle six role and what they're then hoping from him but in seeing what he was capable of this last season with the abs i can't help but wonder that they are expecting more from rodriguez cool. they are expecting more consistently a top six player from Rodriguez because of what he did with the Avs this last year. That's what's so interesting about free agency and you see so many of these guys signed and I think it's applicable to with the exception of Alex Newhook because that was a trade RFA you know a lot of these UFA signings I, I, I feel like you very rarely and this is what I at least appreciate about what the Avs did with Miles Wood regardless of how you feel about the term length they signed him like we don't need you to be anything more than what you are we need you to be Miles Wood and, and I feel like in the case of all three of Eric Johnson, Evan Rodriguez, yeah. JT Confer, all of their new teams want them to do more than what that they did That's going to be my question to you mm -hmm. guys is who do you think out of them has the ability? Has, has, no, 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 no. It has the most weight on their shoulders. Mm. Like, who do you think, like, which organization is putting maybe too much? That's a great question. Too much stock into them. So, wow, that's a great question. I, I think it's probably JT Comfer right now because I, I, I really do think that I, I think it didn't go well with Andrew Kopp last year so I think this is them finding a 2C to play behind Dylan Larkin V2 alright well let's, let's try this again that didn't go great let's try another one uh, and so I think he has maybe the loftiest expectations but here's another answer that I'll give I went on ah, I went on Buffalo Radio uh, the day after uh, on July 2nd to talk about Eric Johnson. I got the sense 
they've got some like high hopes for this guy. When when yeah. they were first, you know, when he was prepping to ask me about him, he was laying out all of Eric Johnson's credentials. Former first overall pick, da da da, Stanley Cup champion. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Those things are all true, but we're a long way from top pairing guy, you know, this many goals, this many points, whatever. You, like, I don't know what the expectation for is for him in Buffalo. I don't think he's, they got Owen Power. They got Darlene. I don't think they're looking for him to play in their top pair, but I am worried that they have some, they have $3.2 million worth of expectations for him that I don't know if he can fulfill. I think my guess without thinking about it much longer than that was going to be Eric Johnson. And for similar reasons, and it's interesting too, it's because of where I think these teams feel they're at in their window for postseason play, basically. And I don't know what Detroit thinks they're at, but there's a lot of confusion in their last offseason's yes. moves and this season's moves that don't instill a lot of confidence to me that they're quite there yet. However, Buffalo was, honestly, the fates of both Florida and Buffalo are directly linked to each other because they threaten the other's postseason availability. Mm -hmm. And this was true of last season with Florida barely squeaking in and Buffalo just barely missing. And because of this, I think Buffalo has plans to be in the playoffs, full stop. And I agree. Eric Johnson has to be a part of it, not only because of how much they paid him, right? Yep. This isn't a guy that they're planning to just keep out of the lineup seventh man material. They're going to be planning to utilize him. And then the other part of it is all of what we know to be true about Eric Johnson and what he brings off ice. I think that they are counting on integrating pretty immediately with some of the young defensemen in Buffalo yeah. and just being a mentor of sorts and hoping that has a pretty big impact. And so all of this relies upon though, Eric Johnson being serviceable. Like right. he needs to stay relatively healthy for this to kind of go to plan. And that has been a difficult ask of him, especially at this stage of his career when his body has sort of started to fail him in some ways I think that's where the pressure sets in because I think there's still so much about Eric Johnson that he does bring to the table, especially that now that he's settled more into his role as the depth defenseman. Like when he plays to that, I think even there were points last season where I actually thought he was fine. I thought he was doing what he needed to do. I think some of what went wrong was injury. And so mm -hmm. that's where I think altogether – Buffalo has plans to make the playoffs, and I think they want to compete, you know? And with that in mind, that Eric Johnson has a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Like, Florida, I don't think, because of how... I know they had a weird regular season, but, like, because of what Florida has done the last few years, I don't think that's made or broken by Evan Rodriguez. Singularly, I think that they're counting on that happening anyways, and so a lot is riding on Eric Johnson making Buffalo's postseason dreams possible. I think that's a good point, Megan, about the the the, the, the postseason hopes that they brought him they brought him in like, hey, help be the guy to get us over the hump. Help get us, you know, get us there. We've missed the playoffs however many thirteen years in a row or something like that. Help bring that experience to get us in. I think I think that's a good call out. Uh Tiff, did you do you have a pick for any one of those guys that you think will, will really Really shine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, if, it, if it's New Hook again, I, I'm really interested to see what he does with Martin St. Louis as head coach. I will say, I think I think he will have the easiest time figuring out Adjusting. a role. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with you. I think Comfort definitely has a little little bit of weight on his shoulders. I think uh, EJ, uh, 
sounds like he's uh, being set up a little <laughs> bit to be more than just dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is what he kind of got to settle into here. And, he, and he, again, I think the best hockey he played in his career was in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs. That being said, he definitely had the some dad vibes now. The one thing I think now. is interesting is I feel like Evan Rodriguez is kind of not changing at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's In terms of what's being asked of him? Yeah, I, I agree. Think, I think, is, you know, they're just like, if you can produce, great. If you can just, you know. Play well be, in your own end, yeah. Play well, be, you know, aggressive, great. Right. Like, it, it's... <sighs> And if his supporting cast is something in the, like, I'm not going to say Verhage and Barkov, but, like, if it's Reinhardt, Lundell-esque, that's not a far cry from some of the talent he was able to play with in Colorado. Like, oh, totally. I don't think there will be this huge steep drop off, drop off the same way for Detroit and Comfort yeah. because I don't know who he's playing alongside. Right, right. I think we could see a harsher decline because of that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you guys on, on, on Erod, where I think, and here's what's unfortunate, is I think that they are probably asking him to play in the role that the Avs wanted to be able to ask him to play last year, but due to injuries and things like that, they just never really, like, they ended up needing Rodriguez yeah. to play a more important role. But I agree with you, Tev. I, I think that's a good call out that what Florida is hoping for is what the Avs were hoping for, and the Avs got the production, but again, they never really got to um, settle him in in the lineup where they thought. For me, I, I really am. I, I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna pop the the, the way that that we were just kind of talking about. But I am really anxious to see what Newhook does with Martin St. Louis. If he's gonna be playing with Cole Caulfield at all, uh, I think Suzuki's also a center, right? I believe so. They'll probably run them down the middle. Like it, it, it's gonna be interesting. He's gonna be very in line with that core. I think this year for Newhook will be the true litmus test of okay, is he gonna do it or not? Because if he doesn't take that step, like you were saying off the top, Tiff, suddenly he didn't get opportunities here. Megan, you and I talked about this earlier this week. He got opportunities. He didn't run with them. But, like, that's all he's going to get in at Montreal is opportunity. Yeah. Do you wonder, too, if the media landscape being very different in Montreal will have some kind of impact on him, either positive or negative? Like, that is a spotlight that shines much more brightly and critically of your play. And I... I don't think the goal of media is to be critical of players and I don't think I think that's true in most markets but I think there are some markets that th- that is what they're out to do. But like by comparison in Colorado, oh, I think yes, he had a much easier time of things. I cut and, I cut her off and had well, she finished no, the thought no, I would have It's like it's she where I'm going with understand. this though yeah. is I wonder if the difference in media really being involved and weighing in yeah. on his play will change anything it, it could be something that sparks motivation it could be to his detriment as mm-hmm. well like is this he was something someone that, that seemed to struggle a little bit here mm-hmm. with the confidence at times last year right he said all the right things mm-hmm. in terms of how he seemed to process it but i do feel his confidence was hampered at times and so there's a tiny bit of fear that that much criticism the way it's amplified in montreal could be a little bit tough to reconcile or it could be the normalize for it for yeah, him yeah. honestly like maybe he starts to tune out some of that a little bit um because it's just so much more commonplace in in montreal i don't know like it could really go either way for me but i do wonder if it has any influence on its play totally did you guys see the ryan o'reilly or i guess hear the ryan o'reilly little snippet interview from yes, last week where he talked about great, this that one of the big reasons point. he left toronto 
was because of the media. Was because of the media. Yeah. And and the scrutiny and the eyes you on hear that you. From a lot of players. And and you know, I, I do think there I think there's to a point. There has to be some mental toughness, right? You have to be able to battle through that and the criticism and this, that, and the other to a point. Mm. <laughs> I, I think there's certain markets, like how I interrupted Megan, sorry, again. <laughs> I think there are certain markets where I don't want to use the word malicious, but it does feel a little bit more personal, a little yeah. bit like they are out to get you a bit and they're out for the clicks and Toronto, Montreal, those are competitive media landscapes. You know, the national media is based out of there. So all those people are competing for the spotlight from the media standpoint. And I think they're willing to do some kind of not great stuff to get it, but it, it's just interesting that you, that, you know, you bring that up on the heels of a week where Ryan O'Reilly came out and said, that's a real thing. Yeah. I went to a quieter market. Right. That's actually a great call out too. Well, especially I think like for him, he went from a quiet market to a loud yep. market. Yep. Like totally. that is a huge whiplash. Totally. And, and, and that's, what's, that's what's going to be interesting for New Hook as well. Because I agree with you. Like, Megan, you and I were laughing that day when Montreal was in town and the scrum <laughs> around Lekkanen. Yes. And we were just laughing like, this is not what a Tuesday against Arizona in this locker room looks like. Yeah. It, it, there's a different presence up there. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how New Hook handles that. And I do worry about him a little bit on that standpoint because he did struggle with the confidence and the staying mentally tough at times last year. That was at least some of the feedback that we got. Do we know, considering where the Canadians have been the last like few years, yeah. if their media is any lighter think, than maybe like Edmonton, who has like superstars, Toronto, who's has like the so make, I think uh, if you Austin Matthews, if you asked this question two seasons ago, I'd say maybe. I think the patience is starting to run out. Mm, okay, is the sense that I've gotten just yeah. from talking to folks is that it's like. Yeah, people were happy they embraced the rebuild. They were happy with the Martin St. Louis hire. He got good stuff out of, you know, players. But it was another season of them really not being any good. Mm. And, and I think that they're kind of like the Denver Broncos where it's like you don't get a lot of goodwill with the fan base for too long. Yeah. And looking at how much media travels yes. for games – there's still such a huge presence and in seeing that their last year was hampered by injury to such an unfathomable degree, there's probably expectation then this season, surely we won't be as injured. And so they want a product that is significantly better. And I bet that that is going to be kind of a combination of things like this still seems like a media market that's super involved in the well, Canadians. And, and, and this is where you do wonder, they paid a premium for Alex Newhook. A first, a second, yeah. and a prospect that we got to look, you know, close up look at him. That's an American League player at, at worst. Absolutely. You know? So, like, they paid a premium for him. And I do wonder, so, you know, Tiff, to that question of is that media kind of letting it go a bit, they travel. I think this is going to be a year where they're like, hey, hey, first, second, and prospect boy. First, second, where, and where prospect are the goals? boy. Where's the production? Yeah. Let's go. Uh, mm -hmm. I was trying to find when it was they were here because Megan's right. Like, it was a... I mean, it was just a, it was another just regular season game, and I was surprised by the, the media turnout. contingency showed mm. up from Montreal. Interesting, very interesting indeed. They've got a uh, we we laughed about it at the time. You can tell that they're used to having a lot of media there because they actually form their media scrum in almost mm -hmm. like a parentheses yeah. shape. Okay, and they all have long st sticks and extenders for their mics. Yeah, 
we all get up close so that yeah. we can get our phones and, and they have this whole thing so the cameras can sit in the back and the, that the media is a well-oiled machine in yeah. Montreal and, and Toronto and stuff like that but I, I think it's a fair question of are they getting any passes because the team is bad right now and I think they're same Avery I think they're waiting for them to come the other way yeah. and that is what I worry about with Newhook of what kind of expectations are being set on him not internally but by the fan base, by the media. You gave up a lot for him. You're a first-round pick. You play, you're play. Stanley Cup champion. High skill, high ceiling. Let's see it. And it's going to be interesting for him. Uh, nice. Some all-over-the-board <laughs> answers there. I thought we were going to get three JT Comfort, JT Comfort, JT Comfort. Nice. Okay. Uh, do you guys worry at all about JT Comfort not being able to fit into a 2C role in Detroit? Sorry. I said, do you worry at all about JT Confer not being able to fit into what's maybe being expected of him? I think by comparison to Cop, it's like less of a worry because I think yeah. he could fill that more than Andrew Cop could, but it just might not look very pretty. <laughs> well, and, and so that begs the question of like, was anchoring yourself to two players who are struggling to fill the 2C position the right move generally? Because it doesn't mean that JT Confer being better than Andrew Kopp makes him a 2C replacement. <laughs> oh, God, that's such a great point, and Megan. So that is such a great That's point. sort of where I'm on, on it with it. And honestly, I have a little more faith in JT Comfort than maybe the rest of this pod indicated beforehand. <laughs> it's just there were a lot of things that went right last season and then honestly just in general in Colorado that have helped Comfort along the way that he's going to have to – go within a little bit as mm -hmm. well in Detroit and rely on some of those things that are completely a part of his skill set. Like him being the utility knife of a player that he is, is JT Comfer, but he just doesn't have quite the supporting cast that he did in Colorado. So I agree with you. And I don't want to make it sound like we're just beating up on JT Comfer here. Cause I agree with you. I think he's been a very underrated player. He's, he's incredibly toolsy. He can play up and down your lineup. He kills penalties, all that stuff. That's all great. I, I think he's a very good player. I, I think I think he'll be successful as a player wherever he goes because he can do so many different things. But all of that said, last year was his most productive year by like a lot. Mm. And that's what Detroit just paid for was that. And it was the same conversation we had with Nazem Kadri. It's like Nazem yeah. Kadri is a very good player. Calgary just paid him to be an 80-point guy. He's done that once, and he's in the back half of his career. He's over 30, you know, whatever. Um that to me is the part with JT Confer that I, I think about is I think he'll be fine as a player. How is he going to look bumped up next to his number dollar figure number, not number 37 or whatever he ends up wearing. But that's, that's going to be the interesting part. And like you said, Megan, you got $10 million tied up in two guys that you hope can maybe play in your top six. Uh, so we'll see. Hmm. Uh, DNVR Avalanche podcast, Jesse, Megan, and Tiff hanging out on this Friday afternoon. Got Yah here on the board today. Uh, brought to you guys by Foco. Uh, damn, this is sad. It's no longer the Av Stanley Cup read. It was the, it was the Av Stanley Cup bobbleheads for, for so much times. Uh, Foco is the leading sports uh, manufacturer, excuse me, is the leading manufacturer for sports and entertainment merchandise uh, with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Uh, if you guys have watched uh, any of the shows that we've done remotely, you guys have seen them uh, on my shelves behind me. We got a bunch of them back here. Uh, these guys right here from Foco. Uh, allegedly, Dwayne's going to fix our three, oh, uh, really our nice. one jumping over the bench. Nice. The collateral damage of the Nuggets championship. <laughs> 
Oh those, no! Wow! Now they I'm taking broke it up? personally. Oh I my gosh! They're like all beheaded. They're all. Oh my gosh! Wow! <laughs> I, so I, saw, I heard that it broke. I didn't know it was the Nuggets guys. Wow! I'm sure that's what it happened. We may have to. It's during a. We need you to. We need you to cut this camera out here. We, right. have, we have people to attack. Right. I'm, during the I'm celebration. trying a mustache. Tim is making a lot of assumptions right now. I just want to make that clear. Tim, Tim is making assumptions. It, All right. it was a the, wacky weekend. The absolute, the break, absolute fact that. of the Nuggets guys breaking our bobblehead. Uh, at least Dwayne's getting it fixed. That is my favorite bobblehead. It is so uh, nice that the Nuggets guys absolutely broke. Confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. Um, but no, they've got a little. It's it's Kale, Miko, and Nate all jumping over the boards, but it's Super all bobbleheads. It's great. Um, baseball season, they've got Aloha shirts, straw hats. We've got one right over there, just off uh, off frame. Polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Um, we've got a, you know we all kinds of our stuff. We were just saying uh, is all Foco. They've got great collectibles. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's really fun just to put it up on the shelf there. Uh, Foco always has our back for Colorado sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNBR for 10% off. Again, that is Foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. Uh, Use the code DNBR. And it's Friday... That means, do you guys know what that means? Legal what does Pete's, that mean? Legal uh, Pete's Friday. I genuinely got, can't wait. Got the Margs, so got the excited. burritos, got the happy hour going until 8 o'clock every night. We got the uh, the kickoff event for the Women's World Cup going on here tonight at the DNVR bar. So I'm not even going to ask if you're coming down. I already know that you are. On your way down, come a little bit early. Stop down at Illegal Pete's just down the road, uh, a location just down the road from the DNVR bar. Stop in. Uh, get some drinks, get a burrito, enjoy their nice long happy hour. They got the patio out there that's going. The weather is nice today. After a, a stormy day yesterday, uh, the cooled off, the, the, which was nice. It, it did. Yep, it was. It was nice. It was a little humid in the evening. Um, the 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 thunder woke me up. It was very scary. It was scary. It, it, it woke me up yesterday morning. Uh, so so it was. Was a, that yeah. like the five a.m. storm? It was. It okay, was that the was 5 really storm. cool. It, it, it so it was. It was just a bummer that I was then awake at five a.m. You know what I mean? But I did enjoy it. True, true, while true. While it did wake me up. Um, so nice day today. Enjoy the patio. Then come on down here. And then go right back after because Illegal Pizza is open late. Uh, they've got you back. they got locations in Colorado and Arizona. And like I said, one just down the road from the DNVR bar. Uh, always a good time down at Illegal Pete's. And last but absolutely not least, we are brought to you guys by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, one of my favorite partners again. Uh, summertime, they got the Palisade Peach. They got the Strawberry Sky. I also love their Good Company Hard Seltzers. Uh, look, they got it's, it's summertime. If you haven't been down to the farmhouse, it's an outstanding venue. It's huge outdoor area. Uh, plus, you know, you, you can see how the brewing process works inside. They got a store up front where they sell all their different, uh, all their different beers, all their different merch, all that kind of stuff. So if you can't make it down to the DNVR bar, head on over to the farmhouse. Uh, I believe they also have World Cup stuff going on. Sure. Uh, I, I believe they have watch parties going on uh, all weekend for that. So if it's if it's it's going to be packed in here, if you guys saw it for the World Cup. Uh, down at the NVR bar, it's going to be wall to wall, I'm sure, for the women's as well. So if you can't get here in time, head on down to the farmhouse uh, and, and enjoy the great scenery, the great drinks, all that good stuff. Uh, good friends down there. Use that Breck beer locator at breckbrew.com to find the nearest liquor store to you that offers delicious Breckenridge Brewery beers. That Megan will never know. That, that Megan, I will never yeah, know. That Megan will never know about, <laughs> I guess. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to 
go a little bit off the wall here because tiff you and i have talked about bringing this up and we're not going to go too far down this road because th there's a lot of information that we don't have but we are going to try to get a guest on at some point for the season kicks off to talk about this i just don't know if we ever actually acknowledged <laughs> it on our show i don't think we did um that's why i was being annoying about yeah, it yeah, yeah we never did so I, I i apologize and this is a little bit of old news but again we didn't we didn't talk about it um the phf was purchased by the p pw thank you pwhpa i always want to say uh professional hockey players association i, I always yeah, want to yeah, do yeah. it differently um this was not a merger this was one entity purchasing the other but all that really matters means we are down to one women's professional league here in north america mm. and that's fantastic news what have you guys have you guys heard anything any new developments i know there's been a little bit we can go down the road a little bit of comments from gary bettman and some of the players and things like that but I guess let me just ask you guys, because we've talked a lot about women hockey before, about wanting to see a team here in Denver, you know, off off the show. What were just kind of your guys' reactions when you saw it? Knowing that there's some gray area to this news, there's a lot of people who lost contracts and things like that. Just kind of your guys' initial thoughts when the news did break a couple weeks ago. I think I, I was really excited initially. I was like, okay, cool, finally. We're going to have, like, mm -hmm. one league. Maybe mm -hmm. Bettman will stick with his, like, all right, we won't do anything until there's one league, yeah. right? And then you get into the little finite details of it's, I don't want to compare it to the NHL, but kind of just as messy as some of their yeah, announcements yeah, yeah. or some of their like marketing or mm -hmm. anything like that. It's just, it feels like nothing was really. The information uh, wasn't relayed very well. To people that really should have known it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, it, it, it just sucks that like some people really, and you know, we, we work in a tech field where some people lose their jobs mm -hmm. the, the day they, you know, the Monday they get to work. Yeah. But, you know, it's a bummer that, like, this happens in professional sports and professional women's sports, you know, a little yeah. bit more than anything. Um, For sure. But I am encouraged. I hope I hope this goes very well. I would love to see a team in Denver. Um, it feels like a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. There definitely is some Just turbulent feels like a very long waters tunnel. ahead right now. Yeah. But... I feel like there's genuine hope at the end yeah. of it now. I think it's ultimately for the greater good in terms yeah. of being able to market one women's league. I they agree. can throw more resources behind marketing the one yeah. league. But the obvious downsides to it in the immediate are worth mentioning because Absolutely. I think there are going to be growing pains for a bit to come now. The fallout from this does involve people losing their jobs. It involves cities losing teams. Yep. And it ultimately disrupts the climate of women's hockey. And this has already been a shaky ground for women totally. who want to pursue this as a career. They've won, you know, there's been uncertainty of which route to pursue that would be the most viable. And I think they're ultimately looking for stability. And there just hasn't been that in women's hockey yet. And that's what this is supposed to be aimed towards. And that's why I think it is ultimately for the greater good so that women we're choosing their D1 schools and have like pro career ambitions at the end of it all can start to look forward to that a little bit more down the line when they finish up their collegiate careers. But it poses a problem in the immediate for those that are in that place right mm -hmm. now and looking to make that decision because it whittles down then the open positions to be filled on teams for some of these players who and previously had jobs. Let me ask just a clarifying question. It is, it's been announced six teams, right? That's it for this upcoming season. Is that is that I correct? I thought so. they said it was going to be six, sure. and then they'll and then they'll reassess after this season. But I just 
wanted to, I'm pretty sure it's six or eight. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it's six. I think, so. I think it's six. And, and to your point, Megan, that's a lot of jobs that were lost at, yeah. at, at least for one season. Oh, yeah. And it's already a tough area to crack into. Like women looking to work in hockey mm -hmm. is already tough to crack, whether it is they wanted to be as players or as mm -hmm. coaching staff. And so there's already limited opportunities there that that's going to really hurt in the immediate. But you then start to see the uh, like area for opportunity, though, to promote these teams and have more partnerships with NHL clubs because I think they've seen teases of success when that has been happened when the NHL club is able to sort of work alongside coexist with their mm -hmm. women's team yep. I think that is when you see some success and I like though that it still stays kind of independent of the NHL team so it's not relying on the NHL right, right. to that's, exist and it's where all the funding comes from yeah. and all exactly. that exactly you know I mean? yeah, and that's yeah. what gives me hope about the growth of the game too is that there are a lot of corporate sponsors interested in women's hockey there is a natural interest in growing the women's game to launch off from that is hopeful and encouraging, but you know, it's, it's complicated at the moment. I think that it's going to be good down the line and it's okay to have complicated feelings about it now too. Totally. And, and, um, <clears throat> I can't find it. Avery had a comment here where she talked about the, the skill level going up. And this is something that we all talked about uh, off the air a couple right. last week where I said, that's what I'm the most excited for. And it's going to take a few years to get there. But it's, it's one thing of what Avery talked about with her comment of, you're finally going to consolidate the skill a bit here. That was one of the issues. You had top yeah. players playing in different leagues, and it really just diluted the talent because you, you didn't have enough players to fill out these leagues and things like that. But then on the flip side of that, because, in there, because there wasn't enough money, and I'm not going to go into specifics of names, but I talked to a couple NHLers who have younger female sisters, not just from the Avs, that said that their sisters didn't have interest in pursuing a pro career because they could make more money getting a desk job in, you know, whatever they're majoring in at school. Yeah. And hopefully what this means is that the NHL will partner with them in some, you know, extent, help the exposure, help bring in more, not all relying on the NHL, but that's all going to help bring in more money, grow the teams, grow the league, be able to pay these players better and you're going to stop losing talent to just everyday jobs. Yeah. Like that, that was a real issue that the PHF yeah. and the PWHPA had was you're not losing talent to other leagues. You're losing them to regular jobs. Mm -hmm. And you hope that with it being one unified league, people can, you know, money can start being poured into it. Teams can start being formed. Organizations can start to grow and you'll stop seeing these very talented women's players who would be on Olympic teams and all that stuff. Just, give up on the game because there's nowhere yeah. left for them to go or needlessly trying to hold down two jobs because right, right. it's not a livable wage by itself. Totally. We were on the doorstep of more competitive salaries too, which is another reason why the point where the game has grown to is actually more encouraging than it seems on the surface. And this is, I think meant to stabilize it in the long run. So I don't know much about the women's hockey game. Yeah. I can say that since 2019, Tell me about the, soccer. Win, the women's game grew incredibly. Yeah. To the point where Talk now... for soccer. Yeah. Soccer yeah. and yeah. the soccer. 2019, NWSL wasn't even around, which is like the premier American soccer league. It grew so much that now we have the women... Sam Kerr, which is on the cover of the FIFA, is one of the greatest athletes that well-known around the world. Yeah, yeah. Same thing, where they're making very livable wages, when they're making money, they're making 300K, 400K a year, 
very comparable to what maybe the MLS is making, maybe not the top European leagues, but it gets to the point where now in Mexico, Tigres had to build a new stadium because their women's team and their men's team p- packed the stadium so much, yeah. the infrastructure was no longer available, so That's they fantastic. had to make a new one. And so I know growing the women's game is not hard. It just needs somebody that wants to grow it and an organization that wants to do it, just like, just like they did in soccer, which they grew it all over Europe. They grew it all over to the point where now the World Cup is 32 teams instead of just 16 yeah. teams like yeah. it used to be. And I know the WNBA isn't perfect either, but like... You know, they they are also making huge strides in their viewership numbers and their sponsorship like money T V deals and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's it's it sucks that like it feels like women's hockey is just the well, little the, the little the, sibling, the little sister. So I, I wanna I wanna put the last two points you both made and, and push them together of the women's game has come a lot further than people realize, but they're also a little and, and I, I hope this isn't too controversial. They got in their own way. Women's oh, hockey yeah. got in their own way. That that was, I thought, one of the bigger issues that they had was, and that, that's why I've always felt that this had to happen. You had to go through this kind of reckoning, this yeah. turnover. It's gonna be it's gonna be grisly for a year, eighteen months. But you hope that all of what the three of you all just said is what this ultimately leads to. The, the, women's hockey women's professional hockey had to get out of its own way first because there's so many barriers and hurdles they have to get over that getting in their own way with the competing leagues and the rivalries and these girls don't talk to these girls and well if you play in this league you can't you know you can't be friends with people like they had to stop that and i'm so happy they did because i i i I mean i just i've said it a billion times i I love hockey so much i i I think people everywhere you you just need to get them in the door and they fall in love with it i I, I mean to vaguely to vaguely's point like yeah like i feel like the whole sport just kind of gets in its way sometimes like totally (laughs) and and that is absolutely not exclusive to women's hockey it's just unfortunate because to the point that we were making there's already so many fucking things laid in front it's like you can't also be in your own way the nhl gets away with it at times because it's a multi-billion whatever dollar industry and and the gate turn and all this stuff in the original six and it's over 100 years and that so they can get away with some of that bullshit. It's unfortunate. It's whatever. It's pick your adjective. Mm. Women's hockey just couldn't be in their own way. And I think yeah. this is a great first step to we're removing the barrier of ourselves. Yeah. We have, so, we have so much uphill that we're, for some reason, having to fight. We can't be fighting each other. And I think that's a great first step. One thing I saw on Twitter that was really, really interesting, and I hadn't really thought about it before, because I'm, I'm a pretty newer hockey fan, I'd say within the last like five, 10 years. But um, somebody had made the point that like with, you know, NHL plus having all the, the most of the PHF games mm-hmm. there, those are all gone. There yeah. are no, there are no archives of that footage. There, are, there's nothing mm. that we can go back to and watch oh, wow. the tape. And, you know, that's that's I think the case for several of these failed women's leagues. And there's all all of these things are just scrapped and they're gone. And that, you know, really just kind of like sucks for like the prolonged history mm-hmm. of the game. There's nothing to really go back to. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys had like a thought on that at all, but that was something that. I saw that was kind of jarring to me. I, I mean, it, it's, I think jarring is a good word for it. And it makes it one of those things that like, I, I always try to think about stuff in like the scope of 30 years from now. when we look mm-hmm. back on this kind of stuff and like 
to your point, there's just going to be the a lot of... The fact that we have nothing to show for the Boston Bo Pride. Well, I was going to say, like, you'll have some, some box score screenshots yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, someone mentioned earlier, like, the Connecticut whale. And, that, like, how has that branding been Continued. stolen from us twice? Yeah. And obviously it wasn't ex the exact same, but, um, all, you know, but to your point, it's just all that stuff gone. And you wonder how much of that gets brought back maybe as they can yeah, expand... Hopefully. Are they keeping it PWHPA or are they going to get a new I acronym? Want to say they're going to get because that's that's still just the, the players' association that right. whole acronym. So I think they're going to get a new thing for Good. the league. Good. It it needs to be they they need to, the NHL needs to affiliate like yeah. whether it's this year next year whatever the NHL needs to affiliate the NHL needs to start putting money into the league include them as part of their TV deals and things like that. I'm with Megan that you can't make that women's league fully dependent on the NHL, but that's been the hurdle. Gary Bettman said, we're not going to pick a one league over the other. The NHL has already issued a statement that says we can't wait for them. You know, we're going to let them get settled, but we can't wait to start partnering. The NHL needs to help move it along. I think in remembering the history of the game too, like how people in the future will, will be looking in on this having different leagues complicated that because they were competing yes. with one another and we'll have like the growth of the women's national game as a really easy point for women's hockey to look at you know highlights and things of that such but there this is going to be better for memorializing women's hockey keeping it to one league will simplify how we are able to view its history down the line too. And I think that's also just going to make it easier to brand in the end. And so this is all back to that overarching point of it's for the greater good in the end. Well, then how, how much of an impact could this possibly have on international play as well? Because now you're going to give a hub. This is where the best players come to play. Yeah. You want to get over here, you know, and, and again, you hope that in 20 years, 30 years, you have a developmental league. Maybe that's, you know, an AHL NHL equivalent type setup, and I can never remember her name because it's, it's 50 letters <laughs> long. Nella Lapushanova. I was thinking about her. Someone mentioned her in chat too. Like, this gives, yeah, a, a landing space for right. international players too because right now, what are Lapushanova's ambitions? Right. I want them to be high. I want them to be sky high, but, and but, I want but, to give her a place to land. But, like, the way it was constructed six weeks ago, it was like, I don't know, the Czech two league? Like, is that like what her next step is? You know, like a, a men's pro league, a couple rungs down. Like, yeah. just to your point of like, there wasn't an option for these girls just a few weeks ago. And now you hope, because I think she's still only 15, so she's not eligible for right. a pro game or anything like that yet. But you hope that something, in a year or two, as she continues to tear up the international scene, hey, there's a place for you to come play in Something it. to aspire to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and again, there's money in it and there's sponsorships and there's opportunities and all that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, um, they should just put them on Paramount Plus with the women's team. Yeah. With the women's yeah. league. And then you just have both of them right there. And you just have like a hub. Mm -hmm. women's yeah. Sports. Unfortunately, I don't think ESPN would ever let that happen. But. Well, I mean, and, and, and but, but this is a good problem to have. ESPN's got to pay up now. Yeah. You know, because the PHF is gone. They don't have that same contract. So if they want those yeah, rights, they got to pay up or the NHL get involved. I, I think these, I, I think as, as hard as it's going to be for the next year i think this is happening at a great time because you've got peacock paramount plus uh hp i guess HBO TV, doesn't yeah. do a ton of live stuff but uh, do they 
Yeah, so, so you know, you've, you've got some of these streaming outlets, you know, ESPN+, NHL.com, all that stuff. Uh, there's more distribution channels than ever. Uh, do you guys have any last thoughts on that? Anything else we've talked about for today or just anything else you want to get in before the weekend? We didn't even talk about our fringe guys like Nieto and Eller. Oh, I'm, tol- I'm totally kidding. It's not <laughs> worth derailing the end of this show. Uh, Is there the, anyone else I'm forgetting that that's among those departures in a similar vein? I mean, Darren Helm retired. Darren Helm retired. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope he actually. Uh, so what's funny is for as much as much turnover as there's been from the 22 team, there really isn't going to be like when it's all said and done. There's not going to be like a crazy amount of turnover in the bottom half of this. I lineup. think that's a point worth making to end the show on because I think there's especially with models coming out and anticipating the Avs are going to have a rough go at things at least in the scheme of things. I think it's worth noting that this team isn't such a far cry from the 2022 team, and it's hard in this cap era to keep teams that competitive year by year. So I was just talking to someone about this because there were two analytic models that came out earlier this week that both, that one had the abs as a wild card team and the other one had the abs as having, like they were 28th (laughs) in terms of the off season that they had. And I just, I disagree with both those. And there's two things that I found funny. One, both of the creators of those analytic models disagreed with the model, mm. which I thought was weird. It's like, it's weird that you have a differing opinion from what the math thing that math. you created <laughs> says. And the second part of this is, you know who loves the abs? Vegas. You know who I trust mm. 50 times more than random people's analytical models? Yeah, the people Vegas. putting money on it. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is, I mean, like historically, they have, like, the, the odds makers in Vegas, like, that's where you follow. Like, you follow what they're saying is what you expect for trends, because uh, they are typically pretty spot on. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point to make to end the show. Models are just models. They, 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 they favor certain things. The one model that thinks the Avs are going to barely be a wildcard team has the Winnipeg Jets running away yes. with the Western Conference. I mean, that's so, really yeah. fun. So, you know, put, put your faith wherever you'd like. <laughs> um, Tiff, thanks for jumping on with us today. Yeah, no yeah honestly, thanks for having me. You saved the show. <laughs> the impromptu segment. Uh, no, seriously, this, was, this ended up being a fun show, a little crazy coming together at the last Cash second. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you need me, I'll be the one going down I-25 uh, listening to Disney tunes. Heck yeah. Uh, and I'm, that's not a joke. Uh, that's not a joke. But uh, y'all here on the board today, always doing a great job. Jesse, Megan, Tiff. Uh, You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back at it on Monday uh, with a whole new week of off-season content for you guys. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Stay safe out there.